following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. One of the final points today is we've been talking about the ascending life. We started several weeks ago. We talked about the ascending life. We talked about the secret of that, its perspective, its impartation. That was last week. This week, we're going to look at the application the application of the ascending life. If you're not tracking with us, you can go back and watch on YouTube. We're talking about these open doors, Revelations 8, Revelations, or Revelations 3, 8, 320, Revelations 4, 1, which are doors, spiritual doors, that we believe the Lord's given us revelation about through our prayer life so that we can ascend and experience what we already have by inheritance, which is to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Touch two people, tell them, you're already in heavenly places in Jesus' name. Tell them. Amen. So this, as we talk about the application of it, we're going to focus on the wisdom that's from above. James 3, 17 through 18 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James gives seven attributes to this wisdom that's from above. Now, the definition of wisdom is the right application of knowledge. This wisdom, this wisdom from above, which is the wisdom of Christ. Let's keep that there a minute. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge, but wisdom is how to apply that knowledge. And so when we, we understand by the Spirit how to apply the knowledge of God, this is literally the definition of wisdom. Now, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. Look at Colossians 2 and 3, if you can just track with me there. In whom are hidden in Christ all the... Somebody say all. all. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Treasure there means a deposit of wealth, a storehouse a place of safekeeping. I believe in this heavenly realm, there's all the wisdom you and I need to apply in our personal lives here on earth to answer any circumstance or situation you would ever face. Amen. It's already been given to us. Christ has already paid for us to have it. The wisdom that's from above, not beneath. Amen. Not human wisdom, heavenly wisdom which is the right application of knowledge that you can apply to anywhere in your life. If you're a young person, you're just graduated. We celebrated that last week, and you're about to enter into your career. The knowledge you need to be successful and have a great future are all in these realms. You're in a marriage, and you're building a family, building a home. You have all the knowledge that you need through Christ. If you're a, a homemaker or you're a businessman, all the knowledge that you need, all the wisdom that we need in heavenly places, which is the wisdom we need to apply to our life to answer any circumstance or situation. I want to hammer that home. Any circumstance or situation you would face, God's already got the wisdom for you of how to apply that and how to answer that in your life. That's why James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God why he's got it all. Touch two people, say, ask God for it. <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, just ask God, watch, who gives generously 
to all without finding fault. In other words, the Lord's never going to tell you, hey, ignorant, what are you talking to me for? It's, he's never going to find fault with you for coming in because you don't have wisdom. Actually, he's the first place you and I should go when we start looking for wisdom. And it says he will give it to you generously. You won't get a trickle of it. You'll get a whole bucket full of wisdom if you'll just go to God and ask for it. I, I get fired up about that. Wisdom from above is what you can build your life with or build a house with. Wisdom from above. Proverbs 9.1 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Wisdom has built a house. Isn't it interesting? Money doesn't build a house. Career doesn't build a house. Wisdom builds a house. And it says it's got seven pillars, this pillars of wisdom. It, wisdom has built her house. This seven's interesting. It's the same seven that represent the seven eyes of God in Revelation and Zechariah, which is the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, knowledge and understanding, the spirit of the, spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's the seven on the lampstand which illuminates our life. These sevens are very important. These are the seven eyes of the Lord. Some people think the Lord only has two eyes. He has seven. They're the seven spirits of God that's looking through the whole earth, just looking to show himself strong on somebody's behalf that will put their trust in him. It's also the seven attributes of the words that we just read in James. Interestingly enough, all seven words in the, in the uh, book of James that we read about wisdom are found. Did the lights just go down on me? Hello. Did you just put me in the dark for a reason? You're trying to shut me down? I'm preaching pretty good. What happened? Yeah, the lights went down on me. I need to bring them back up on me. Is that good? I told you I'm easily distracted. Are we back in the light? Okay. Here we go. Let's look at these words really quick. You don't get distracted. Just let me be distracted, okay? <laughs> this first word that we're looking at for, di for distraction. This first word we're looking at for wisdom is pure. That's the Greek word for it that I don't know how to say, but I just thought I'd put it on there because it makes me look smart. So that's the highlighted Greek word. It means perfect, pure, pure from fault, without mixture, no agenda hidden, no motive other than to help or to bless. Some would simply call this simple, not complicated wisdom. To know that you're operating from a wisdom above, it's pure. It's simple, yet profound. Easily entreated, it goes on to say. This, this word, pure, without mixture, there's never an agenda. You know, when I ask other people their opinion about what I should do, I normally get a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of their opinion. Or a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of their agenda. But when you get heaven's wisdom, it comes with no agenda other than to help and to bless you and get you on your way. And it's always simple but profound. I was thinking about that this morning when I was looking at the scriptures again. I got to uh, meet the Duplessis brothers from South Africa. They were used greatly in the kingdom of God to bring revival to the Catholic Church. Dr. David Duplessis, Duplessis from South Africa was a mighty man of God. And he used to walk everywhere he preached in South Africa. And his own testimony was that he would literally step. He wore a hat, you know, like the... the the hats that they used to wear in old age, he would step off his front step to go preach, put his hat on, and next thing you know, a church 20 miles away, he would be stepping on the front step. Been translated. I mean, I'm talking about a powerful man of God. 
And God used this charismatic preacher from South Africa to bring revival to the Catholic Church. And hundreds of thousands of Catholics were filled with the Holy Spirit under his ministry. And so he was called into the Vatican one day because so many people were being affected by his ministry. And he's not Catholic. And they called him before the, the diocese there. And they said, we need to ask you a question, Dr. Duplessis. We appreciate what the Lord's doing through your life. But do you pray to Mary? So now here's a preacher that the whole Catholic Church has opened their heart to the, to the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet it's about to get controversial because they pray to Mary. And so, all of a sudden, the wisdom of God fell on him. He said, well, I tell you what, I haven't talked to her lately. <laughs> he said, because I'm trying to do what she said first. They said, what do you mean? He said, well, in the scriptures, Mary said, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. He said, as soon as I do everything that Jesus has told me to do, then I'll go back and talk to Mary and see what else she's got to say about this. Say about this. Touch two people say, I want that kind of wisdom. Number two, peaceable, loving. That word means loving, loving discipline. It's only used one other place. This is not just peace like we have peace. This actually is a word that means discipline, loving discipline. This is Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The wisdom that comes from above will bring a discipline into our lives. And this discipline is never a harsh discipline. It's a discipline as a father would discipline a child. Discipline's never for where you're at. It's for where you're going. It's God's preparation and training for what he wants you to do. And when you get the wisdom from above, it's powerful. Just a few years ago, I was praying about the connection facility that we had built. And, of course, we've been trying to pay this debt off for a long time. And uh, it's, it's, you know, a large amount of money that we owe as a church that we felt like the Lord told us to do this. In the middle of it, the economy crashed. You all know the story. But so I was in the midst of this, and we've barely gotten by for several years. And I went to the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, you know, people are saying I built this building out of your will. And I said, I'm not saying I didn't. But if I did, I still need you actually I need you more Lord said you're not out of my wheel you're in the center of it I said what's that about he said I'm using it to discipline you I said what do you mean Lord he said I put you in debt so you could only do what I would let you do because if you were out of debt you could spend and go and build and do things that are not in my agenda so I put you under a burden of debt for a season in your life so that it could discipline you so that I could, you could only do what I want you to do when I want you to do it. And when I'm ready to get you out, I'll get you out. Watch this. And, and, and just like this, the Lord took me right through the Scriptures because I was reading Psalm 66. It says, we've been through affliction. Men have ridden over our heads. We've laid affliction on our back. I said, Lord, what does it mean for men to ride over our heads? He said, that's debt. He said, the borrower is servant to the lender. He, and just like this, in the Spirit, opened up the entirety of Scripture and took me Scripture by Scripture, Psalm 3. He said, many of they who say there is no help for you in God, but I will show you I am the glory and the lifter of your head. Then he took me to Psalm 126. He said, in a season your head shall be lifted up above your enemies. Then he took me to Deuteronomy 26. It says, in these days you're going to be the head, not the tail, above, not beneath, for you will lend to nations and you shall not borrow. 
Now see, what's my point? The wisdom from God, if you understand that discipline, then you can endure it. When God's disciplining you and the wisdom from heaven's disciplining you, if you understand that, then you can endure what you're going through to get to the other end. You're not struggling, you're suffering. God's not into struggling, but he will make you suffer. Because suffering's beneficial on the other end. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Touch three people. Say, if you're being disciplined, be encouraged. You're coming through to the other side. Here we go quickly. Let's move. Gentle, appropriate, suitable, equitable, fitting, sweet reasonableness. Not insisting on the letter of the law. It's fair. Sweet reasonableness. How many of your problems and my problems could be fixed by a sweet reasonableness? So many people have to be right. But the wisdom from above is not having to be right. The wisdom from above is a sweet reasonableness, not a letter of the law that just because it wasn't done this way that we can't work this thing out. That's why the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Man, how much problems could we have saved ourselves if we had answered a situation with a sweet reasonableness instead of stirring it up? But I've been there. I know you got to say it. You just got to say it. You can't just got to say I had to say it. I'll never forget when we first moved to Alabama, I was... At, at, at a dry cleaner, I was thinking about this morning, and I went in there, and I was just starting a conversation because I traveled a lot during then, had a lot of dry cleaning. And I said, do you give discounts? He goes, no, I don't give discounts. I said, well, of course you do. I said, if somebody does a lot of dry cleaning, he said, I don't care if you do $1,000 a month. I'm not giving you a discount. Now, I'm a preacher. Right? All, I could, all I should have done was thank you so much. I said, who do you think you are? <laughs> like the Gestapo dry cleaning person around here? And I just went off on it. We just fiery words. I was y'all ever get like that? Three of you. Y'all rest of y'all lying, ain't you? I'll never forget I went across the street to calm down a minute. Lord said, I'll tell you what you need at wisdom. He said, You need to go back over and tell him you're sorry. I said, No, Lord, he needs to come over here and tell me he's sorry. Attitude like that. Went back over there, walked in, called. He was ready for a fight. He, he come boiling out of that back room like I was back. Like, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am so sorry. Not only am I a Christian, I'm a preacher. <laughs> I'm a preacher of Christian. And I am so sorry. I shouldn't have. And he said, so am I. He said, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> and just a soft answer Sweet reasonableness. I didn't have to be right. He didn't have to be right. A sweet reasonableness took over and the situation was calm. Touch three people say, receive a sweet reasonableness today. Especially if your husband or wife's there beside you. Receive a sweet reasonableness. Tomorrow, put a little sweet reasonableness on that hot dog when you eat it. Amen. Quick, we'll move, we'll move quick. Four, easy to entreat. Means persuasion. Ready to obey. Easily compliant. 
ready to obey, that word means. Wisdom from heaven makes you ready to obey. I got one question for you. Can you be corrected? Some other people I know that know you would say different, but I, can you be corrected? That's a big question. Can you be corrected? It says correct a fool, he'll hate you. Correct a wise man and he'll love you for it. When you're living in the wisdom of God, you're always ready to be corrected. Ready to let, allow correction to come into our lives. How many of us could have been saved from so many hurts and troubles if we had, a, had just had this spirit of easily entreated and been able to receive correction from somebody who was speaking the, love, the word of God or the truth in love to us and correct our lives? It's a big one. It's a big one. And the Lord... You know, the Lord's so cool. He knows how to gently correct you. And then he knows how to, he'll give you a zinger every now and then to get your attention, right? But can we pause a minute and thank God for his correction? Because it says, listen, it says if you're not being corrected, you're not a child of God. But if you're being corrected, it's because he loves you and because he wants to you to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I have too many stories on that one, so I'll move on. <laughs> Number five, full of mercy. If the wisdom from above, it's full of mercy and good fruits. That word mercy means compassion, kindness, goodwill. The other word, good fruits. The other word, fruits that are good. <laughs> Dan can tell you those words later if you'd like. Full of mercy. Wisdom from above is full of mercy. Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Can I have the slide? For as heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you go home and reread this, Isaiah 55, the whole passage of scripture is about mercy. It's talking about the sure mercies of David. And so God's saying, you're not as merciful as I am. Because my mercy, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who love him and fear him. The ascended life is a life of merciful motivated people because we've received such mercy I'm always surprised at Christians who have received such mercy that are so judgmental. That were so quick to judge others even though the Lord has not judged us. Judge not lest you be judged. Ever heard that scripture? We always put it with money, but it's actually about judgment. Judge not lest you be judged. For with the same measure you use it, it'll be used back on you again. Give it, it'll be given back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men won't give it to back to you into your bosom. With the merciful, God shows himself merciful. With the shrewd, God shows himself shrewd. The only thing I read about that lasts forever are the mercies 
of God. Merciful, motivated people. Always yielding, always erring on the side of mercy. That's the wisdom that's from above. And it's full of good fruit. You know these fruits. Galatians 5, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against there is no law. Look at those with me. How fruitful are you? What you love and joy and peace look like? What you long... Can I have it back? <laughs> Trying to stay in the fruit of the Spirit here. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I was with a pastor named Dr. Goody. Leave that up a minute because I want us to see it. Named Dr. Goody in Zimbabwe, Africa. First 40 churches he preached, he planted, he, planted, he preached them riding a bicycle. Great man of God. I've told you a story before, but I just love the story so much. His church had prospered so greatly that his women in the church had gotten a hold of the talents and started making weave, weaving baskets and got so prosperous they started an import-export company and had bought him a Mercedes. Now, that's like a Chevrolet here, but it's still good. And I'll never forget, he was such a humble man. I was riding in the car with him in that vent was blowing on us and we said Dr. Goody won't you turn the air on he goes the air is on and I said no that that button right there that looks like a snowflake you push push that button and so he'd been riding in this thing for about six months just with the vent that's all he thought so he hit that AC thing and he went glory to God <laughs> <laughs> he had AC hit him he's like glory to God <laughs> it's like that's the best I don't care what you gonna preach about that right there was one revelation I needed thank you dude. He was awesome. He said, hey, he, he taught us this. Wise man. He said, only two of these fruits are for you. Joy and peace. He said, the rest are for everybody around you. He said, so if you don't have a lot of people around you, check your fruit. If you got this fruit, I promise you, people are going to be tracking you down, wanting to be where you're at, hear what you got to say, be in relationship with you because you are a tasty tree that is giving off the fruit of life. Touch three people say, make sure your fruit tastes good. Tell them. That puts a whole nother thought on fruit of the loom. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. Who is eating from your tree? Number six, without partiality. Big one here. This is, the, this is the wisdom of heaven. Undistinguished, impartial, without dubiousness, without variance. Comes from a, uh, the root word to separate, discriminate, decide, discern, judge. Let's make this loud and clear. Next slide. Christ is not prejudice. God's wise answers refuse to take sides. He's for himself. God is not for Republicans. God is not for Democrats. God is not for black. God is not for white. God is for himself. When, it, when, the, when the angel showed up and he said, Who are, whose side are you on? He said, I'm on nobody's side. I'm on the Lord's side. Come on. 
He is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't see male, female, black, white, gender. He doesn't see that. He's no respecter of persons. All prejudice is from beneath. And is swallowed by the wisdom from above. Men and women raise these issues and build these walls. Male, female, black, white, clergy, laity, old, young, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, employer, employees, gay, straight, Baptist, Methodist, saint, sinner, Republican, Democrat. Those are not from heaven. They're from beneath. God loves everybody. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. How's the rest of it go? Something, 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 something. Red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. There is no prejudice above. All prejudice is below. So if you're going to live in the kingdom, you've got to get rid of your preference. If you're going to choose sides, just choose the Lord's side. Sometimes, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to keep at you for a minute. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord wants a black man as president. Sometimes the Lord wants a white man as president. Sometimes the Lord wants a Republican. Sometimes the Lord wants a Democrat. Sometimes the Lord might want any of those. We got to break this nonsense that if, you know, Republican is right, hallelujah to the Lamb. We, you know, that's not the truth. I'm, I am a conservative. But I'm also a compassionate. I'm a compassionate conservative. I'm compassionate, I'm, I'm conservative according to the word of God, but I am, compa- I am compassionate according to the love of God. And if you don't like that, put it in your pipe and smoke it because you're going to keep hearing it around here because in Christ there is no prejudiceness. Come on now. Jesus is awesome. His wisdom consumes every warring spirit. If we lived in God's wisdom, there would be no wars. Wars are not birthed in the heart of God. They're from beneath. We have to fight them, and thank God we have men and women that will fight them for us. But they're not from above. From beneath. Love conquers all. Last, without hypocrisy. Anu pokritos. 
I don't know if that's right or not. Unfeigned. <laughs> it sounded like I did, though, didn't it? Anu pokritos. After the service, say those seven over and over. You'll be speaking in tongues all by yourself, right? <laughs> Unfeigned, undi un undisguised, sincere. Heaven's wisdom, sincere. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. But it's earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is there. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. What's frightening, lots of churches are portals of hell. Because in churches are one of, the, one of the main places where you find, let me see the screen again. Envy, self-seeking, confusion, every evil thing is there. Can you dream with me a minute? What would happen if you and I tapped into this wisdom from above? What would that church look like? What would that church feel like? If we lived in these seven aspects of church life as the body of Christ... What in the world could we accomplish where there's no self-seeking, no agenda, no hypocrisy, pure, peaceable, easy and treated, ready to obey, no prejudiceness? Powerful. Yet the Bible says a frightening scripture in Isaiah 26, 18. It says, we're, we were pregnant. We writhed in pain even. But we gave birth to wind. We've brought no salvation to the earth. Nor brought any life into the world. Speaking to the church, I believe. We were pregnant. We had the seed. We went through some stuff, but we gave birth to the wind and brought no salvation to the earth nor any life into the world. Why? Because it says we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all things who is the head, even Christ. Christ's body on the earth. And for the purpose of what? Ephesians 3.10, to this intent, that now the manifold wisdom of God 
might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We're supposed to have such wisdom from above that literally the heavens are shocked by all that we're accomplishing. That we perplex principalities and powers and rulers in high places because of the wisdom that we walk in. Nations are going to come to this kind of wisdom. The queen of Sheba came to Solomon and her breath was taken. She said, I've not seen this kind of wisdom anywhere in the world. That's why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What does that mean, the fear of the Lord? It means you realize we're not smart enough to do it without Him. That we got to have His wisdom. We've been looking at this door thing. This application, I believe, is every day we now realize we've got access that we can go to heaven and we can tap into this kind of wisdom. This kind of wisdom that perplexes principalities and powers and demons. I was reading this morning, Corinthians, it says if the demons had understood this wisdom, they wouldn't even have crucified Jesus. Because the cross was the wisdom of God manifested and they didn't know it. The wisdom of God confounds darkness. And it's available to me and you. Proverbs 8 does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the door leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on me. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of my words are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Choose my knowledge rather than gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can be compared to her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles rule the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. 
The Lord brought me forth as first of the works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago. At the very beginning, when the world came to be, when there were no water depths, I was given birth to. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains ever settled in place, before the hills were ever made, I was given birth to. Before God made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters could not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was there. I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing in his presence as I watched what he was making, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, who listen to my instructions. Be wise. Do not disregard this. Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors. Waiting for me at my doorway. For those who find me, find life. And receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me, harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Wisdom. Daily crying at the doorway so that we don't live foolishly but wise. We were sharing this this week. My brother Dan had a great revelation. The Bible calls wisdom a woman and calls foolishness a woman or folly. Both are called women. Why? They're both attractive. They're both attractive. Foolishness is attractive. So is wisdom. I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. Wisdom that you may live. How much life have we forfeited and how much death have we had to experience because we didn't go to the door and find the wisdom that comes from above? How many opportunities have we missed? Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. The ones that had plenty of oil didn't miss the opportunity. God's raising up a church that's going to walk in such wisdom that it's going to astound principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and the world are going to come to us saying, how can we solve our problems? Why do you think our president is consulting with the church? At least he understands they got a wisdom that he hadn't heard before. I know a person that's been in meetings that says as soon as somebody from the church speaks, his ear is listening because he says he's not heard that kind of wisdom before. Come on. This is the life God wants us to live. It's exciting to know that this kind of wisdom has been made available. 
Jay's trying to play me out, but I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm playing on. Keep playing, Jay. I'm keep preaching. <laughs> Let me hit you one more time with these doors, and then I'll get you out of here. Revelations 3, 8. This is that door God has opened, and no man can shut. That Revelation 3.20 door, that's the door you and I open. That's the one Jesus is knocking on. Knocking on the door. He says, if you'll open it, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. I'll fellowship with you. I'll manifest myself to you. That Revelation 4.1 door, that's the door of Revelation that says, come up here. And I'll show you things that you didn't even know about. Wisdom's at that Revelation 4.1 door calling out for you daily come up here I got something to show you I got something to tell you and by the way don't be discouraged some people say well I just saw this simple thing that's all I'm seeing but it's profound that's what this is for yesterday I went to the Revelation 4-1 door and I saw a counselor waiting on me I said, who's this, Lord? He said, it's the Holy Spirit. And took me to John 14, I think, 26. It says he's called the great counselor. God said, you've got a counselor. You've got somebody that you can tell every deep thing in your heart and spirit about yourself who will not judge you for it, but will give you the wisdom and knowledge of how to pursue and walk through it. The day before I went to it, all I saw, you know what I saw? A finish line. I said, Lord, what is this? If you see it, ask him. What is this? He said, this is that anointing I promised you that, that, that you would be able to finish. There's a finishing anointing coming on the church that what I started, I'm going to finish. And what I started in people's lives, it's going to be finished. This morning I went up there, I saw fruit everywhere. Massive fruit. I said, Lord, what is this? Of all the scriptures, he said, is the seed still in the barn? Is the seed still in the barn? Now, what? So I said, I know that's the scripture, so thank God for Google. I Googled scripture, is there seed in the barn? Boom. Google make you sharp. It's Haggai 2.19. Is the seed still in the barn? That's not seed to be planted. That's harvest that was supposed to have been in the storehouse. God said, do you have a lot stored up? Why? He said, because I struck you in past seasons with, with lack, so you would turn fully to me. But I got good news. Even though you ain't got anything in the barn, and even though the vine, the fig tree, and the pomegranate, pomegranate and the olive tree have not yielded any fruit, from this day, I'm going to bless you. 
<laughs> From this day, I'm going to bless you. I got a word for somebody here today. You may have been through a dry season. You may have through a diff- been through a difficult time without a harvest. You may have been a season where you only had just enough. But I'm telling you, you're entering a season. God said, from this day, mark it this day, I'm going to release a blessing on you. Won't you stand up this morning and let's receive that in Jesus' name. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.